Thank you for joining Resurrection Lutheran Church this Sunday morning, giving praise with us for God's blessings of music, prayer, and scripture. I, Pastor Karen Perkins, will be sharing a message of grace, forgiveness, and hope. All of the worship leaders welcome you. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God who journeys with us these 40 days and sustains us with the gift of grace. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Psalm for today is Psalm 95. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to the Lord with psalms. For you, Lord, are a great God and a great ruler above all gods. In your hand are the caverns of the earth. The heights of the hills are also yours. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For the Lord is our God, and we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hand. Oh, that today you would hear God's voice. Harden not your hearts, as at Meribah, as on that day at Massa in the desert. There your ancestor tested me. They put me to the test, though they had seen my works. Forty years I loathed that generation, saying, the heart of this people goes astray. They do not know my ways. Indeed, I swore in my anger, they shall never come to my rest. The epistle for today is taken from the book of Romans, chapter 5. Since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand. And we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings. Know that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. For while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Indeed, rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, someone might actually die. But God proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more surely then, now that we have been justified by his blood, will we be saved through him from the wrath of God. For if, while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, much more surely, having been reconciled, will we be saved by his life. But more than that, we even boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. This is the word of our Lord. Please stand.
The gospel for today is taken from the book of John, the fourth chapter. Please be seated. This is a rather long one. The Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman asked him, how is it that you, a Jew, asked to drink of me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus asked her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have no bucket and the well is deep. Where do you get this living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us the well and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to him, to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, go, Call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying you have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and he is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called the Christ. When he comes, he will explain all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Just then his disciples came. They were astonished that he was speaking with a woman, but no one said, what do you want? Or why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? They left the city and were on their way to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, 
Surely no one has brought him something to eat. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete his work. Do you not say four months more, then comes the harvest? But I tell you, look around you and see how the fields are ripe for harvesting. The reaper is already receiving wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life, so that the sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I have ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. This is the gospel of our Lord. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Have you ever been thirsty? I, you know, I'm not talking about the kind of thirst that says, gee, I've been out here working in my garden, uh, I'm a little dry, I think I'll go get some water. No, I mean the type of thirst that says, I better get some water or I'm gonna die. Now, I've never been that thirsty, and I would be surprised if any of you have been. In this country, when we get thirsty, we go to the faucet, turn it on, and out flows good, clean, drinkable water. But it's not so in other countries. In other countries, you have to walk for miles to find a well, and that well may be polluted and unsafe to drink but it is the only water around you, and you have to drink it, or you will die of dehydration. On the other hand, if you do have a well that produces good, clean water, the entire village will rely on it and walk however far to use it. Now this woman, and we never are told his, her name, she's an outcast, a woman with a checkered past, a woman who does not go out to the well with the rest of the village women because she would be shunned and gossiped about. Oh, here comes that woman again. You know, she's had five husbands and she's now living with a guy who is not her husband. So she comes at noon in the heat of the day when everyone else is inside hiding from the hot burning sun. She's carrying her water pot, which probably weighs about 40 pounds when it's full. She stops, stares for a moment at a strange man sitting next to the well. She doesn't recognize the man, so she's probably a little bit concerned about what he's doing there. Maybe he comes to bring her arm. But then the man speaks. Can you give me a water, drink of water, please? 
but immediately she recognizes him as a Jew. How? I don't know. Maybe his accent. Maybe his clothing. But in any case, she immediately comes back with, how is it that you, a Jew, ask me, a Samaritan, for a drink of water? The Jews considered Samaritans as the lowest of the low. Long history on that, but you'll remember in Matthew chapter 15, speaking to a Canaanite woman, Jesus said, it is not right to take the crumbs, of the children's bread, and throw it to the dogs. Well, if anything, the Samaritans were considered to be even lower than that. And it was very highly unusual for a Jew to be ever found in Samaria. Our scripture tells us that Jesus had to go through Samaria. Although the shortest path from Judea where he was and Jerusalem where he was going was through Samaria. But a proper Jew would have crossed the river just before the border, walked on the other side of the river, and then crossed back into Galilee. So Jesus didn't have to go through Samaria. But he did. He had to for the sake of the gospel. It was through him that the woman was saved and became a powerful witness to the Lord. So to us. When you were baptized, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit into you. We are to be living water to all those we meet. Witnesses to Jesus and his mission. Likewise, neither would a proper Jew ever speak to a woman that was just not done unless it was your wife and you were in private. And you would never drink from a Samaritan's pot. I mean, you know, Samaritans have touched that. That water, clean though it may have been, was polluted, and you just simply would not do it. But Jesus answers, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Of course, <laughs> the woman said, oh, please, give me this water so I don't have to keep coming here all the time. Who wouldn't want that kind of water? But she looks around and she sees that he doesn't have any pot, any way to get the water. So she asks him, somewhat sarcastically, and just how do you expect to get it? You don't have a water pot. But Jesus immediately changes the subject. He wants to get off of the physicality of the situation and move to the spirituality of it. Call your husband, he says. But I have no husband. She doesn't deny it. Instead, she realizes that this man is a prophet because how else would he know? So she asks him a question about 
where people should worship the Lord. The Jews believed that the only proper place to worship the Lord was in the temple in Jerusalem. But they wouldn't allow Samaritans in there. I mean, after all, they, they, those were dirty people. They were sinners. So they built a temple on Mount Gerasim. And Jesus asserts that the important thing is not where, but how and why one worships the Lord. When this conversation ends, the woman voices her conviction that the Messiah is coming and that he will explain all that. And Jesus responds, and this is the turning point for this woman. I, the one speaking to you, I am he. I am. And then comes another remarkable thing. The woman doesn't question this. But leaving her pot, she runs back to the village, tells everybody about this remarkable conversation with this remarkable man. Now remember, up to this time, she's been a shunned woman, a woman of ill repute, and yet she has the strength to voice aloud to those who would otherwise denigrate her, her conviction that this could be the Messiah. It would take a lot of strength. Where did she get this strength? Where did she find the courage to face the possible mocking? It came from the living water that Jesus had given her. It was a gift. You will remember that Jesus told her, if you knew the gift of God. So what is this living water? John doesn't tell us here. But in chapter 7, Jesus says, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. On the strength of her testimony, many of the members of village believed. Jesus is speaking to us as well. He wants to give us the gift of God. But do we know the God? Do we know the gift? Do we recognize the God-man who offers us this gift? Martin Luther put it this way. Dear Christian friends, regarded as a real treasure, that God speaks into your physical ear. The only thing that detracts from this gift is our deficient knowledge of it. To be sure, I do not hear the sermon. However, I am wont to ask, who is speaking? The pastor? By no means. You do not hear the pastor. Of course, the voice is his. But the words he employs are spoken by God. Therefore, I must hold the word of God in high esteem that I may become an apt student of the word. Jesus gives you living water, water welling up to eternal life. For the one who became a wellspring of eternal life for you did so at the cross for you when his side burst forth with blood and water 
From the very side of his body, Jesus became a fountain of living water, life-giving water, a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. Amen. May the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let us confess together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Pray for the nations of the world. Topple the dividing walls that separate us from our neighbors. Form us into your beloved community where diversity of gender, race, language, ability, and ethnic origin is celebrated and affirmed. Merciful God, hear our prayer. We pray for those who suffer in mind, body, and spirit. Be present with all who are lonely and give courage to all who are afraid. Comfort those who live with chronic illness or other sickness. Give them your living water always. Merciful God, hear our prayer. <clears throat> we pray for this congregation. Nurture our faith and pour your love into our hearts. Inspire our community by testimony to God's grace in our lives. Merciful God, receive our prayer. <clears throat> we pray for our ELCA leadership, presiding Bishop Elizabeth Eaton, Alaska Synod Bishop Shelley Wickstrom, Bishop Teresa Moon, of our sister synod, the Alaska Southeast Cluster, Pastor Karen Perkins, and Gloria Dye, Lutheran Church, Anchorage. Give them wisdom to guide and build up the faith in members. Receive our Lord, O Lord. Receive our prayer. For what else do the people of God pray? Lord, you are the giver and sustainer of life. And when a person's time on earth is done, you enfold them into your care, into your bosom. We pray for the family of Doug. Give them comfort. Give them peace during this time of grief. We give thanks for the lives of all your saints. Their hope in you sustained their lives of faith and service. Encourage us with the hope they shared in you. Merciful God, receive our prayer. <coughs> we lift our prayers to you, O God, trusting in your steadfast love and your promise to renew your whole creation through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
This is the part of our service where we lift up our gifts to God. We offer ourselves, our time, and our possessions. Members, of course, are encouraged to give our regular tithes and offerings through an assigned number, and we have regular vehicles for doing that. You're invited to go to our website and use PayPal or one of the other donate buttons that we have on the website. You can make a special offering to the RLC on KINY ministry, which is helps keep this on the air, or to the RLC Food Pantry, or to Juno Live, which helps with community outreach. You're also more than welcome to come by in person or make a food donation. We encourage people also to be involved with the community and appreciate volunteers. All of these things are gathered together in song and prayer. Let us pray. God of good gifts, receive these and all our offerings as we present them in faithful service for the sake of your gospel. Prepare our hearts to receive you in this meal as you pour out your very presence through Jesus Christ, the wellspring of eternal life. Amen. Remembering therefore his life, death, and resurrection. We await your salvation for all this thirsty world. Pour out your spirit on this holy food and on all the baptized gathered for this feast. Wash away our sin that we may be revived for our journey by the love of Christ. Through him, all glory and honor is yours. And the Almighty Father with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, both now and forever. Amen. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Let us announce together the mission of Resurrection Lutheran Church. The mission of Resurrection Lutheran Church is to promote spiritual growth in Christ and service to all. God, the giver of love, Christ, the resurrection and the love, and the Holy Spirit of rebirth, bless you in this Lenten journey.
in love. Thanks be to God. It's been an abridged worship service of Resurrection Lutheran Church. You are welcome to join us for worship in person on Sunday mornings at 930. We are located at 740 West 10th Street in downtown Juneau. Our phone number is 586-2380. More information about our location, parking lot, current COVID policy, and other contact information is available on our website at rlcjuno.org. The website is also the best way to learn about what events are happening with the community outreach ministry, Juno Live. With a vital food pantry, bell choir, quilting group, Bible study, and others, there may be a ministry here just for you. Come and see. <laughs>